for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Good morning, everybody. It is January 6, 2020, and welcome to the new year. It is a new decade. Like I said, 2020. Can't wait to get this thing kicked off. This is the first episode of 2020, and I'm super pumped. Today, it's going to be just Justin and I on the podcast, which is it's a good one. It is. But I'm going to tell you, it's a little different than the past 93 episodes that we've done. We're going into a lot of things that we want to change for next season, but we started off by talking about the things that we want to change as far as how we look at things and how we think about things before we get into them. So it's a pretty cool podcast, a little different though. I won't lie to you, it is a little different. Good conversation though, um, but we do get into some you know, talking about different things we would change as far as hunting as well. So it's not all hunting talk, but there is hunting talk in here. So it's a good one. I hope everybody enjoys it. I do want to just kind of put a little disclaimer on this. Justin was having some issues with his audio on his end. So you're going to hear a little bit of feedback, some popping every once in a while. So just beware of that. You can still hear him clearly, but there's just this little pop noise. So just wanted to throw out a disclaimer there before we do get into this. Hope everybody has a great 2020 and gets this year started off on a positive note and uh, keeps cranking it out. And hopefully this is the best year for you. And I know it's going to be the best year for me. So I can't wait to get it started. And with getting it started, let's get this podcast started. So I'm going to stop blabbering, kick it over to our conversation. So thanks everybody and have a good day. All right, we are back again. 
with another podcast like every week we try to do every week. I hope everybody had a great New Year's and Christmas. We took a week off. I felt bad about it, but, you know, we need a break too. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to take a week off, and we're back, and it's just Justin and I today. This is episode number 94, so we are creeping up on the triple digits. Can't wait to see what we have in store for episode 100. I think it's going to be pretty fun. I got some ideas for it, but... uh What's going on, man? It is January. It's 2020. First episode of the new decade. What do you yeah. think about? Uh, what do you think about starting the new decade? Like, is it kind of weird for you? I don't know. It feels like I turned. It's like turning 30 again for the second time. It's like. Is it? Did you get pretty lit on New Year's? What'd you do? Dude, I was asleep in my recliner by 9:30. <laughs> I swear to God. So you, you crushed New Year's then. You did New Year's the way it should be done. Yeah. No, it's the same thing I did last year. I was watching Netflix, and uh, we went out to dinner the night before and uh, said, not dealing with it. That's how I know I'm old. I mean, I'm <laughs> New Year's Eve, and uh, <laughs> stayed home, watched Netflix in my recliner with the wife and the dog, and uh, I, I woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I walked upstairs, went to bed. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. I I haven't seen the ball drop in two years now, okay? So I go into New Year's. My buddy invited me and my wife over, and she had to work the next day. So she was like, you just go over and, you know, hang out and everything. And it was pretty low-key. It was just him and his uh, girlfriend. And we are just hanging out and bullshit and haven't seen each other in a while. And we're watching TV. He's got Roku TV. And yeah. we're just watching, like, hunt shows and stuff like that and uh, drinking some beers and we just got caught up in conversation and this is no kidding. I looked at my watch and it said 1201. And I said, I looked at them and I said, ah, happy new year's guys. And it, that was it. That's it. <laughs> it's like you're on a, it's like <laughs> didn't you're on watch a the ball drop for three. Just flew by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. And it was, didn't watch the ball drop for the third year in a row. So I'm on a streak. I think I should keep this going. Well, obviously it does the same thing every year from point A to point B. So it's, <laughs> yep. you know what happens. <laughs> oh yeah yeah no, I mean, new this... year 2020 which is cool because my favorite number is 20 so i just feel like this is my year even though 2019 was a pretty darn good year i think 2020 is gonna be even better i hope so man it's i think everybody has that that hope you know that there's got to be a better word than hope for it because it makes you sound desperate but you just have that like <laughs> that reset you know and it's like okay here we go yep. let's let's do it better this time like it's never really like terrible, but you always want to try to say, "Hey, this time's going to be be better. I'm going to be better." Work, life, uh, you know, hobbies, kids, whatever the case may be. So it's just like yep. that recharge feeling. So it's it's still fresh for right now, but it feels good. Do you have a New Year's resolution? Uh, I don't think I. I haven't like given myself one specific resolution, but there's a lot of things I need to to change <laughs> for the for the yep. year or. From here forward, I guess. <laughs> so I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I really, you know, they're always done after about day 12 or 13. Yeah. So if you can get past that, I think you're doing pretty good. But but I did set two New Year's resolutions for myself this year. One, or I haven't failed yet. I can tell you that. I haven't failed. I'm, you know, we're, we're four days in. We're recording this on the fourth. So one was I'm not drinking any more pop. I'm going to try to take pop completely out of the spectrum because I also, drink way also, too much of also it. Also known as soda. 
Soda. <laughs> I usually say soda, but I think I'd get a lot of flack. Yeah. Being a Michigan guy, saying soda, and the reason why is my dad always said soda growing up, so I said soda. So, yeah. So soda, I, I'm trying to quit. Yeah. And day, four days in, you know, I'm done with the shakes. Uh, <laughs> the shakes. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. yeah shakes. I mean, it, yeah. One day was got pretty bad. Is that because you I just put whiskey in your pop or what? No. Yeah, you, you get a headache. You know, shakes kind of like I need. I need that. You know. I, yeah, it's probably I caffeine. Was craving it. It's probably caffeine withdrawal. To tell you the the clinical truth. Yeah. Yep. So, four days in, I haven't had one. I'm feeling pretty good about it. The second one is I haven't failed at this either, and it was to just start working out. But the reason why I haven't failed at it yet is because I haven't started, started it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, I haven't failed yet. Yeah. But that's coming shortly. So, I need I need, uh, I need a accountability buddy. I, I just oh, stole that from Pat McAfee. And I think I need you to be my accountability buddy for working out. Oh, well, so you got an advantage though. Like you're an hour ahead of me. So right. I right. usually get up at like five thirty, and I'm at the gym by six yeah. fifteen or so. So by the time I yep. call you, you're probably, I mean, you're back, like you're at a normal life still. So seven thirty yeah, is, yep. Yeah. That's when I'm I've done. started my day way before you already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I can tell you, I'm not going to be working out in the morning. It's going to be an evening thing. Oh, don't do so, that. It'll never stick. I'm yeah, telling you. You got it. I know. It changes you, man. Like, get up and get some pre-workout in you and make it the first thing you do. It, it changes your entire day. I'm telling you, I get I get more stuff done on the computer. Like, I get back home. I hate that I stare at a computer all freaking day long, but I come back home and I get more work done between 7 and 10 than I do from 10 to 5 the whole rest of the day. Yeah, I'm just like it's probably like that. it's probably like half the the pre workout still, you know, putting a little <laughs> shimmer still, in my eye, you're amped right up, getting me going. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, just you start the day off strong like that, and you you push yourself, and you come back, and I don't know, you're just ready to go. It's a good feeling, right? Yeah, maybe I'll have to start doing that. The thing is, is is it's not that I'm not a morning person. It's I, I get up fine in the morning. Um, I'm usually up by 6.30 because I, you know, I don't have to be to work till 8. So I get up at 6.30 and usually I'm taking care of my daughter, get her to daycare, and I can usually be to work by 8 or 8.30. Um, but I, I, I'm such a night owl. Like I stay up till 11, 11.30, 12 o'clock. So like getting up at, you know, getting up at 5.30 might be a little more difficult. It is. You get you get used to it. It took me a yeah. long time. I bet you it took me like, honestly, like September, August and September is where it really tightened up for me. Between the mule deer hunt and then rolling into elk season, elk hunting for yep. thirty days straight, like I got real used to functioning on five hours of sleep. Right. It stuck with me, which is. I mean, I like that. Yeah, I need to start doing it. It's it's very very hard to <laughs> to make that the normal, but. Don't get me wrong. There's days I'm just like, screw it. I'm not going. But it's usually only about one day a week every every two weeks or so. So Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. One day a week every two weeks. So, yeah, one day every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. It's like 60% of the time it works every time. Right. 
Uh, but no, back back to your resolution question. It's like I agree. I don't really believe in a resolution either. It's I think it's just kind of an excuse to say like, okay, here's my here's a new chance. Here's another new chance. I don't know. I think if you need to have a reason to give yourself that chance, then you got bigger problems. Yeah, and that that's kind of the way I look at. It. I never usually give myself a New Year's resolution, but I think I need to start making myself a little more accountable. Yeah, and just saying, "Damn it, you son of a bitch!" Just get up and do it. Just yeah. Just go do it. You know. And and 2020 is my year. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill 2020. All right, man. I mean, this is recorded, so this is preserved forever. I know it's gonna live on iTunes. I really have to do it now <laughs> for all of eternity. So you said you need accountability, buddy. So everybody that hears this as of this moment is your accountability, buddy. Like they can throw this in your face any given moment they want to. Yeah. There you go. And that's good though. I mean, they <laughs> should be throwing it to me on Instagram too. Yeah. You know, listeners out there, I want you hitting me up once a week if you if you care to, just saying, hey, you know, were you doing your workout this week? Were you were you staying off the soda? Let's do it. Come on, let's let's all make ourselves a better group in 2020. I think we should do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm game, man. Let's let's do it. I think I I know you need you need to be doing laps in the pool with uh, the Chris Kiefer Humanimal himself. You hit the links in the afternoon and just wake up, do some yeah. laps in the pool. The thing is with Chris, though, you know his daughter is, I think she's twelve. 12 or 13. So his his daughter and my daughter are different. He doesn't have to get up and get her to daycare. He doesn't really have a lot of restrictions in the morning. And Chris is a morning person. He is the first one up, got his coffee, got his mountain ops in him, and he is ripping. He's ready to go. I will give him that. <laughs> you know, and he's he's got to drive. And it's it's uh it's something to be said like watching his stuff is like it's it's uh, inspirational because he's just up doing it. He's like, get up, do it. And he lives by that be alive motto, you know, like no doubt he does. Like, I'm going to be alive today. I'm going to kill today. And that's the way I need to start looking at things. Like, I'm going to kill today. You know, let, let's take the, the I'm not going to kill the year. I'm going to kill today. But at the end of the day, 2020 is going to be my little bitch. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Well, that's what it's about, man. All those all those small successes that, you know, get you to the overall goal. I mean, and if each day is one of those successes, then then you're doing it. Talking about successes, though, and failures, that's what we want to get into today, kind of. We're going to reflect a little bit on the year, both of our years, but I want to know where you think you went wrong this year. You know, you and I had two good, we, we had two, both of us had good years in the hunting world yeah. of things, but I want to get into, like, you know, little things where you think you went wrong, you know, might've been scent control on one hunt or I don't know anything. It could be scent control. It could be, you know, not putting your stand in the right position or, you know, not hitting record. I don't know. Let's, let's get into that. I want to, I want to oh, kind of reflect on the year and because you and I haven't really talked about the nuts and bolts of that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, hashing it out a little bit might make us think of a different way of doing things. I don't know. All right. Well, I got one. And it's it's nowhere near like any of the examples you just gave. It's not about tactics or scent control or gear. It has to do with my job, my new job. It's taken me, what is it, I got hired in August, so September, October, November, December, five months to figure this out about myself. The biggest thing I did wrong was, I don't say I did it wrong, 
I guess it was kind of a, an awakening for me was, I don't, I don't know what the right terminology is or how to explain this. I, I, in a way, I feel like I bit off more than I could chew in, in accepting this job. Like, by no means am I giving it up or do I regret being there, but for the first time, I have a role with a company that requires me to, to be the one to make decisions regarding content and, you know, influence like marketing strategy and some of that higher level stuff in the hunting industry, you know, and, and not just hunting, but just in business in general. And that's something I never, I never really had to do before. I was always just the, you know, I was, I was an Indian. I wasn't a chief, you know, I, I had deadlines. I had people that were submitting me footage. I had, I just had the process, you know, I was the guy who was here, here's what you have to work with, make it this by this day, deliver it, you know, and you get paid like, I was a very, I was, I was like, and that's was, how our jobs usually work too. Yeah, it is. I'm the and same I, way. I've been doing it the last seven years. Yes, and that's there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's been it's been lucrative for both of us. We've we've been able to provide for our families, you know, and that's that's been our thing. Like that's that's what our careers are. And like I said, it's I, I use the term like I bit off more than I could chew, and that's not really the point I'm trying to make. It's just I have a completely different role than I've ever had before. But I still have to be able to maintain that that whole footage, edit, deadline, you know, delivery schedule, but also do it in a way that influences the company's growth and and strategy and marketing, you know, strategy. And it's it was a lot. And to tell you the truth, I'm still I'm still adapting to that. So I mean, as as far as like a resolution goes, I guess it's more of a reflection for me to be able to see that and tell myself like. You know, you got to keep your shit together here. You're not just you're not just a camera guy in the field, you know, anymore. You're you're not just going to push record and deliver a hard drive. Like I am more of a producer now than I ever was before, and I think I started off kind of taking that for granted. And I think I let a lot of things slip in the beginning. Like I was still just the I was trying to be the hunter and the cameraman and and deliver all this cool stuff. The the harder I tried to do that the more miserable and I'm honestly like epically failing it was for me. I, I spent way more time on the road this year than I ever have more time away from the wife. And I just tried to cover a lot of ground. I had some really cool hunts. And at the end of the day, like that came at the cost of, I think kind of making a bad first impression with, with the new bosses. But, uh, and I don't mean bad, like, you know, like I was reprimanded, but I just feel like there was times when I, I could have done better at delivering what I what I said I could when I sold mm-hmm. myself in the first place. I guess if I had to give myself a resolution of some kind or say that I wanted to change something or how I screwed up, that's I feel like that's how I screwed up. What I want to change is I need to change gears in my brain and be more business minded, you know, and, and keep that marketing strategy in place in the back of my mind not just try to go out there and hunt my balls off and try to prove myself that way. Well, and I want to go forward and say too, it's not you're not underqualified for anything that you were hired for because in my eyes, you, you work your ass off and do a very good job at what you're doing on all facets. But it's funny to hear you say that because the way that we're you know, restructuring Humanimal and Kiefer Brothers, you know, going to Humanimal, it's kind of the same thing 
in a sense for me as far as how the mind works. I have to switch gears to be more business minded as well. And it's hard to do that. I'll be the second, you know, the first one to say that with you is like, you haven't had to think like that ever. No, I've never had to think like that. It's a crazy different pace. Like it's not even a pace. It's like you're, you're thinking for a different purpose. Like I've been, I mean, I've, I'll tell you the truth. Like I've been, I guess like the, the right word is struggle. Like I've been struggling with that for a couple of months. Like how the hell do I find this balance? Like I don't want to just deliver product reviews and tutorial videos from my basement. Like it's, it's cool. It's easy. And like that stuff has value, but like I need to think bigger picture for the first time. And it's, it's hard. There was always somebody else that was thinking that just delegating work to me. And I like, I'm sorry. I kind of cut you off there, but I, I kind of feel like we're, we're going the same direction here. Yeah. And the thing is, I think both of us can help each other on this because we're going down the same path. Yeah. And the way I'm starting to combat it is I'm starting to broaden my horizons as far as like my thought process was always need to get this edit out, get it published, or, you know, get, I need to get the edit done, produce it first, get it, the edit done, get it to the publisher and get it out and go on to the next. And it's just a conveyor belt. Do that, do yeah. that. But where, where I've taken a step back from it and I'm kind of like taking and micro steps until I can get to like second nature, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm more a sense like, okay, I'm trying to figure out a concept. Let's say I'm trying to figure out a concept for, I don't know, uh, Matthew's bow. Okay. I'm trying to, you know, think farther. What is Matthew's doing for this month when I want to publish this? Is this something that can coincide with something they're doing? You know, so scouring that side of things. Yeah. And then going into maybe when's the next bow launch? Well, we know it comes in November. So it's like, let's gear something up for November. Let's put a concept through the hopper, see if it comes out the other side the way we want it to be. And then if it does, then we go create it. Then what's after the creative process? Like, how are we going to publish it? Where are we going to put it? And the thing is, I'm starting to get more into like, uh, you know, because we're we're trying to you know go farther with our YouTube stuff, not only TV, but go farther with YouTube. So like, it's a new ball game for me to figure out how YouTube works. What are the different ways to be able to do that? And you know, after just looking at, at you know googling some things, you find so many different ways of doing things, and it kind of opens my eyes a little bit more. But my biggest thing is just I've even said it before, even on hunting, you know, take a step back. Look at the whole picture because it's easy when you're at your desk and you're you're staring at a computer screen to get so tunnel vision. But it's like take a step back, maybe even ask. I like asking questions, like confiding in other people. Like, what do you think on this? Like, what do you have any ideas? Like, and it just gives you it might give you a new perspective on things. Yeah, no, it and definitely that's just does. the way I that's the way I've kind of combated it. And it's it, it's been working so far. So, yeah, Um I guess that's where I'm at with it. No, it's, and I, that was a little bit higher level than, you know, oh, I, I'm going to switch brands of scent killer spray. Like, honestly, dude, like it's, yeah, you you make that mistake and you only make that mistake once or, you know, whatever. Or if you want to move a stand, like, I'm sorry to listeners that it's not going to be, you know, tech talk like that. But honestly, I've, I'm, 
I'm not worried about that stuff right now. I'm worried about how to how to fall into this position and you know maintain my value with the people that that pay the bills for me. And it's and I want to be that guy. I want to be better at that kind of a stuff. You know, at that kind of a thing with business and it's in general. Like it was one thing to have a DBA and just say, "Yep, this is my day rate. Where do you want me to go?" okay, what's your address? I'll send you the hard drive. That wasn't a lot of business really, like as far as like the overall grand scheme of, of a business, but this is major league for me. And it's, it's the first, well, Midwest Whitetail was, was the first that kind of gave me that feeling. But even at that point, like there was still somebody else, you know, saying, here's your show, here's your staff, here's your deadline. Make sure it's on YouTube by 8 a.m. And we won't have right. any problems. And now it's like, well, shit, now I got to be like, okay, what do, what do we want to put on YouTube? How are we going to get it? What's it going to cost? Who's going to go there? You know, what what are we going to get out of this? And that was like the biggest thing for me to say, oh, my God, like, I don't know. You know, they, they said, how much does it cost? Like, I just went to Arkansas on that duck hunt uh, back at the end of December, right before Christmas. And it was like, what's it going to cost and what are we going to get out of it? And I was like, well... It's a duck hunt. It's three days. It's half price from an outfitter, and I know the guy. He's a friend. Uh, it's a really good deal, and I, I couldn't answer him. Like when he asked me, "What are we going to get out of it?" and he was like, "What the hell do you mean? Like you're the content guy. Like why are you asking me what I want? You're the one who wants to go on the hunt. Like you're the you're going down there to get the content. You tell me what you're going to get." And I was like. Okay, <laughs> like I can go down there. And yeah, film it's a little a higher level. Yeah, and it's yep. I, it was kind of a slap in the face, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Like I don't. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I'm going to film it all three days, but what do you, what are we going to get out of this? Like, is it going to be comparison videos, like comparing to our competitors? Is it going to be testimonials? Is it going to be, you know, just a hunt foot like a hunt video or or what? I'm like, well, I don't damn, I don't know. Help me, help me out here. Like, let's, let's talk this through. <laughs> well, and I think what would have been, you know, and you could have done this. I, I watched your, your piece that you, you created and it was badass. If everybody hasn't went to base maps, YouTube and seen it, it's pretty freaking sweet. And I recommend you go watching it first and foremost, but second of all, <laughs> well, <thank like> you. <laughs> I guess if, <laughs> I guess if I was put in that situation, I would have been like, how can I benefit from the map? you know, in duck hunting, how are duck hunters going to be able to take this and be like, I need base map for my duck hunting excursions and where I could take it from there, you know, and and you probably did that. I don't know. You and I didn't talk about it, but that would have been my first initial thought. Like how are duck hunters? Cause I'm not a duck hunter. I've only waterfowl hunted three times in my life, Yeah, you know, and it's like, how can they benefit from using this, you know, and what can I show them kind of thing? And that's that's exactly what I kind of got into my head after we had that conversation, you know, prior to me going. And you know, it, it was it was a ten hour drive down there to massage that thought. But that that's kind of what it, what came out of it. And that that first video you saw yesterday was one of four that's going out. Um, I'm actually looking at it on my timeline right now in front of me. But I've got the second one about half done and the more I the more I got thinking about it as I was driving down there I was like you know I'm a I'm a deer hunter like I'm not a I don't know shit about duck hunting or goose hunting and it's like I got this guy from Illinois that we invited to go down and that's all he does is you know ducks and geese he's he's into waterfowl like you and I are into deer I mean he deer hunts but 
waterfowl is his thing. And it's like, here's somebody who knows what the hell he's doing with waterfowl hunting. He's also a damn good camera guy. And we're going to an outfitter in southern Arkansas after every bird in the country has already migrated down there. Like, this is going to be epic. Like, there's no reason this can't be... Like we shouldn't have 10 videos coming back from this. The best waterfall hunt that you could have. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, I'm like, okay, I want to talk to this outfitter because he's also a logger. And I was like, and and he brought this up. Like, we got in that conversation in the blind of that video you saw yesterday. That's, That's part two is him talking about how he uses it in his timber business, like between property lines and everything else. And I was like, dude, this is perfect. Like, I didn't even have to tell you what to say or ask your opinion. Or I just said... Have you used Onyx before? Yes, I have, and blah, blah, blah. But as a matter of fact, like, I just use it because I like hunting, and it helps me in hunting, but it also helps me run my business as a forester, and here's why. And it's it's twice as long as why he uses it for hunting. And it's like, well, no shit, that's a, that's a pretty cool way to use it. Like, I never thought of of anybody outside of hunting, fishing, you know, mountain biking, hiking, camping, you know, using it not only – you know, as a recreational piece, but like helping you and your business and where you make your money, like that's cool. And I know I just said Onyx, like I, I specifically asked him if he's used Onyx in the past just to see what his opinion would be and how it compares to Basemap. But he, he went down the road of, of talking about how Basemap has helped him where he makes his money. And like, that's, that's his livelihood. You know, this, this outfitting thing is he does it on the weekends you know, with, with a couple of his friends as guides and he has a lease and, you know, it's just kind of a side piece for him. But I mean, he's a, he's a very well-known forester and logger in Louisiana and Arkansas. And he said it saves him eight to 10 hours a week just to have that in his hand as he's, as he's marking timber and looking for property lines and, you know, uh, legal descriptions with, with owners' names, addresses and all that stuff. Like, that saves him from having to leave the woods, drive to whatever township or county he's in, find the clerk's office, look at a plat book, get all that information, you know, however long that might take in the office. He can pull his phone out and do it right there in seconds. And it saves right. him eight to ten hours a week. And over the course of a year, I mean, that's – I don't even know what that equates to in 12 months. But I was like, that's a that's a unique way to use this. And I, I never thought of that as being – marketable for for an app like for like base map so i don't want to go down that road too far but to go back to what started this and just seeing you know what do we get out of this like from a marketing standpoint for the company it's like i didn't expect to hear that i was trying to like stay so focused on the hunt but for me it was like well to me though too to me sorry to cut you off there but to me that that opens up your thought process a little bit deeper time big time you know what i mean yep like it gets the gears turned about. Okay, how can I cater base map to not only hunters, but loggers and you know other people? Because right. I, yeah. I don't know the first thing about what loggers do other than they can identify what trees are the most valuable, and then they go in there and select cut them or right. you know you know cut them and, and get them and and you make money off them. Yeah, Literally, that's, that's what I know. Yeah. So, is there any way other you know other features that you could put into base map that might help a logger you know measure things out or identify trees or identify different things that he might not know you know and that might help him crunch the numbers even that far you know that closer so 
everybody's making the most profit they can, you know, client and manufacturer, I guess yep. you could say, you know, is there a way that you could cater that? And that, that's, that's a, I think we just created something there. That's something well, farther I, and beyond I, that nobody else has. Yeah. And I asked him about that. Like that was, that's, that's exactly where my train of thought went when he started talking to me about it. And off camera, I asked him, I said, you know, is there anything that you've, that you wish Basemap had to help you, you know, streamline that process? Like you've already told me it saves you eight to 10 hours a week. Is there anything that you'd like to see it have that could save you even more time or more money? And he told me, honestly, no, like we have 3d maps available on iPhones. He said between the 3d maps the to- the, you can have 3D and a topo hybrid, so you can actually see the topo lines with elevations on a 3D map, so you can see terrain. He's like, you have all the contact for for landowners. I can I can map out water bars. I can map out new new roads, uh, log landings. Um, I know exactly who to call if we've got to do one calls to to call about like buried phone lines or electricity or fiber optic. He's like, honestly, there's nothing else I need. Like everything is already here, and I was like, "Well, mic drop." Yep. You know, I don't, I Perfect. don't say like, that's awesome. But even if it's all there now, you know, you have something now that you can go market to a new, you know, a, yeah. a new. I don't know what the word is. I'm looking for yeah, a like word here. A new niche, a new, a different market. A new niche, a new, yeah. like a non-endemic almost. Right. You know, you can market to that, and there you've already boosted your clientele. Yeah. Even like, more. To take it two steps backwards, talking about like how I can help influence or like trying to figure out how to how to have that kind of a mindset, you know, if if stuff like that, you know, those kind of conversations, if if that's not if that's not product development and marketing and and business development for that matter, I don't know what is. I mean, that was that was out of left field, but I mean, the light bulb came on in that conversation. I was like, this is getting deep. Like, I like this. <laughs> Well, and that now you know that trip was a success just because yeah. you pulled that nugget out that could right. be so much bigger than, you know, that you didn't even know was there. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I left there with a really good feeling because I, I was, you know, I was, I was nervous as hell. Like, I felt like I was, like, not on a chopping block, but, like, the fact that I couldn't tell my bosses, like, exactly what I was going to come back with, you know, for a trip that we paid for. And I was like... I know how this looks and like, I feel like an a-hole, but I mean, I don't know. Like I, I was nervous and it's, like I said, it's not just, it's not just going on these cool hunts and filming and, you know, focusing on the, on the production elements anymore. It's, you better come back with something that's going to be tangible for the company, not just for a 10 minute video. Right. Like I can make yep. a 10 no, minute video about teaching my dog how to sit. Like who cares? It's just different now, man. I mean, I know you know what I'm talking about, and I'm sure a lot of people do. But it it took me a long time to to realize like I need to change a lot of the ways that I think about things now. And it's I don't know. Like I said, it's it feels like I bit off more than I can chew, but I know I can. I know I can chew it up and swallow it. (laughs) I guess is for sure kind of the way to put it. But it had me freaked out, man. It really did. Like I felt so much pressure and stress like it was it was different but it almost takes that for me you know and it wasn't like a failure moment but you felt like a failure probably yeah so it takes that failure point to be like okay this is the level i'm at this is where i need i need to get here and i need to keep growing so i mean that you could take that as a positive oh for sure 
you know, it, it, it's almost good that that, even though it made it, made you probably look bad at face value, but what you took out of it grew so much more probably. Yeah, no, it definitely did. And it was kind of a, it was just that little, that little bump I needed, that little push, that kind of a turning point that made me say like, all right, you got this, like, it's all good. And I, I got back here and I started editing this footage and <clears throat> that video went out yesterday that you're talking about and the bosses loved it. The CEO loved it. The outfitter loved it. Like they actually gave me control of all the written content that we have going out now too. So uh, written blogs, like all the photo assets that go with those blogs, like for the website, content across the board is, is my responsibility. So it's, I, I kind of feel like I, I took the doubt out of their mind, I hope, and at the same time kind of made me feel good. Like, I was kind of proud of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't want to... That's awesome, man. Like, pat myself on the back, but it was a good feeling. That's great. You know, and I want to stay on this. Like, we're talking about change now, so we're going to we're gonna switch gears of this podcast. You know, normally we yeah. want to talk... Or initially, we want to talk about, you know, things that we did wrong and reflecting on the year, which we kind of are. But I want to talk about change, and I, I kind of want to bring in last deer season so we're going to reflect a little bit but kind of you know it's a new decade or new year i should say 2020 new decade also but going into the new year you know new hunting season what do you want to change is there any big changes you want to make and that could be anything literally anything the way that you do things the piece of gear you have like what's your biggest change that you want to do going into 2020 season this is going to probably sound kind of intuitive, but just to piggyback with everything we just talked about, because of how important it is that I stay focused on like business and, you know, more of the aspects behind helping the company overall, my focus for 2020 is to invest my time and my money into higher odds hunts. I took a lot of risks last year. Like I traveled a lot. You know, I did I did Utah, Utah, Montana, Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, North Dakota. I, I can't even rattle them off quick enough. But I, I'm going to focus more on on quality, not quantity. And by quality, I mean hunts that are going to make all those other marketing efforts and those you know those investments from the company as far as like my time and my travel and all that stuff like I'm going to focus on the hunts that make it more worth it for them regardless of how high profile those hunts might be for me like I need I just need to get to places that are easy that I know I can go shoot a buck or a mule deer or whatever the case may be if it's a fly fishing trip whatever like just go there catch some fish kill the deer you know, shoot some ducks, whatever the case may be, who cares if it's a giant, you know, and just kind of go with the flow and just not try to force so many things and just, just let stuff happen. I think that'll probably take a lot of the, a lot of the pressure off me and trying to make things happen. You know, if I just kind of sit back and say, maybe a rut elk hunt by myself, self-filming isn't the right thing to do. Let's, let's find someone who's hunting private land, who has history with this property and invest seven days where all I do is run camera instead of take the risk of Justin hunting by himself with a GoPro and a handy cam for 10 days, you know, and seeing what happens. Right. You know, stuff like that. It's just, I need to be more aware and more conscious of the fact there's more at stake than just cutting my tag. So 
I'm going to find yep. tags that are a little easier to cut probably. That makes sense. I mean, and that's, that's why I wanted to know, like I wanted to identify those from you because I don't know if it's something that everybody really thinks about all the time, you know, no, I mean, and how many, I, how I many never guys did. really think about, you know, what they, yeah, they, they think about what they need to change, but like right now it's fresh in your mind, you yeah. know, like what didn't work last year. That's what I need to change. Well, is all the circumstances this going to be the same as they were last year? No, not really. You know, not all the time. So it's just identifying maybe a list of them and figuring out what you want to, you know, what you want to change and what you want to work on, I guess. Yeah. But it's always good to think about it. Yeah. And it's, it's just that higher level thinking that I've got to get used to. And it's, you know, it's like, I can't, I can't afford to, to take those risks. Not when, not when it's, you know, it's putting, putting bread on the table for me. You know, it's, I just got to get back to doing what I did and, focus on camera work and come back and just crank it out in post. And I don't know, man, it's, it's just different. I've, you know, this is going to, this might go down another rabbit hole, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the jump here. <laughs> That's, it's another thing I noticed about myself in 2019 was I got stuck in this, like, and I'm going to, this is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it to sound, you know, negative towards anybody, but I got stuck in this, like, this semi-live video blog style of shooting and editing. Like I got so far away from, from quality shots and quality editing that I feel like I'm having to learn it all over again because, you know, that's what Midwest Whitetail wanted was just that quick turnaround, like raw, dirty, no music. Like, you know, it's, I'm not saying they didn't care about quality editing because they, they do, but I just, it's, it's a different style. You know, when you have to turn and burn so fast like they do, and it's there, there's a place for that, and that's their place. And for sure, for what I'm doing right now, that's not our place, and I need to be able to snap out of that. So that's part of the reason I want to just turn it down a notch and find those easy hunts. Maybe spend more time with other hunters, not so much on myself, and and just focus on on quality camera work again. You're not the only one either, though, man. I mean, we do the same thing. We get into that rhythm like we need to turn things out. We need to turn things out. And then when we publish something, it's like it didn't go through the gauntlet of, like, who let that go out kind of thing. You know what right. I mean? Because it's like quick, quick, quick. And it's like, okay, we got to take it down and rethink the things, you know, instead of taking a step back and just evaluating everything and asking other people, like, what do you think about this? Like there's a whole bunch of different opinions out there, but we both work with some talented and creative people, very creative, like some of the best in the industry. And it's like, use those assets. They're right at your fingertips all the time. Like it's so easy to get down the (laughs) rabbit hole. And we, we just had some big long discussions within the last two months about that. And, you know, going forward, what we're going to be doing, we got a process in place now and, you know, hopefully that stuff doesn't happen, you know? So yeah. I totally get it. It's just one of those things you got to just kind of give yourself a reality check. And I've talked a lot about the new job so far, but that's really what did it for me because it was a huge step up. And it's like, I, I can't do, I can't do what I did before and expect to keep the job that I just got. Right. You know, it, it was yep. a step up in a lot of ways. And I don't, I don't even, I don't want to say it's like a new opportunity, but it's, it's a new it's a new way of of working that I have to adapt to, for sure. No, so I get I'm not it. just a yeah. 
I'm not just a you know a trained monkey <laughs> anymore. If that if that sounds right. sounds right, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of grasping no, I get it for sure. here, trying to explain it. But yeah, you're gonna be fine, man. You're gonna you're gonna come out smelling like roses on the other side. Like <laughs> I, I I know it. But yeah. but anyway, I I feel like I've I've blabbed here for about 15 minutes. But back to your original <laughs> question, what do you uh, what are you changing? Whether it's hunting or family or work or like what's where are you at with this whole change process or what are you looking at doing? Well, you know, I, I, I've spent some time reflecting on last year, this last deer season, which was the best year of my life. You know, I've said it numerous times, killed two really good deer, one deer of a lifetime. I can't, you know, I'm so thankful about that, but I'm also looking at, you know, the one acre farm. This is my baby. Like I've, I've hunted it what is it? Four years now, I think this was the fourth year, I believe. But realistically, like in those four years, I bet you I've only sat on that farm probably maybe 10 sits. Honestly, it's just not a lot because of the way things are laid out. You just can't sit there a lot. But going into this year, this 2020, something that I'm going to task myself with and change a little bit is, you know, I, I try to be a little more passive a little bit in on this farm because it's a little different than than a lot of farms can't really push in but I think I'm going to be a little more aggressive uh I had some you know in the past I've had some good deer on camera in daylight and I wouldn't make the move right away I feel like I feel like it was like oh man the wind is just not like there like I could do it but I I probably shouldn't like I'm I'm going to start like that next level thinking like, how can I make that happen? Do I go sit on the ground somewhere else where I'm still in the game, but still not going to blow things out? I think that's going to be one of the bigger things I change. And, you know, going forward this year, I'm trying to, to develop a concept and I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here, but I want to develop a concept starting this off season about my goal next year is to kill a deer on one acre. That's the goal with a bow. I want to kill a deer on the one on one acre, you know, some way with a bow. Now it could be a doe. I'm not going to shoot a little buck, but I want to shoot, you know, something within my means. Like I want to shoot a three-year-old still, and it could be a doe though. But the season, I, I want to shoot a deer. That's going to be my goal, and that's what I'm going to work towards. And I want to document it throughout, you know, the off season, what I'm doing, the changes of it where I'm putting stands and everything because I want people to to see that you know it could happen. And yeah, and it can. It might just be a doe. <laughs> you know, cuz a lot of people aren't fortunate enough out there to have you know, I know we have public lands, but I, I know a lot of people aren't fortunate enough to have a lot of ground out there and I want them to know that it could happen on you know, 1 acre. So that that's I think to go back to the question, what would I change? It'd be be a little more aggressive. And really take a goal and and stick with it and try new things. Try some different out-of-the-box. I've said it before, like be out-of-the-box, do some out-of-the-box things, and I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try that. This year, having a Kansas tag and an Iowa tag, I really didn't have a pulse on my farms here in Michigan this year. I, I really honestly didn't really feel like I knew what was going on 
and I felt like it kind of hurt me. So next year I won't have an Iowa tag. I do know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> might have a Kansas tag. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what tags I'm going to get next year yet. But I, I do want to make that a goal in, in the second, like a secondary change, and it could be even the first change. But I want to be better with my scent control. So, you know, I feel like I get lackadaisical every once in a while, and I'm just not as good as I should be with it. So that would be the next big one. Yeah, that's especially if you're going to try to hone in on one acre, you know, that's your, that's your goal. That's your, that's going to be your focus. I mean, you need to tighten up on, on all those little things, scent control, stand placement, whether it's hunting on the ground. I mean, you, you might even find yourself in a saddle, you know, you might be a saddle hunter I know. This, this year because you're going to have to get in trees that you can't put a stand. Who knows? Well, and that's the thing I'm kind of fighting with right now. Like, you know, in through November and now, like you look at this one acre and I know you haven't seen it yet, but there's not a lot of trees on it and you stick out like a sore thumb. So, you know, I, I did a lot of work with box blinds last year, you know, and I, I, I got a box blind that you can hunt with a bow out of. And I'm almost thinking like there's a spot in the one acre that on the north end of it, I can put that box blind on stilts in there. Um, and it's just moving it with the tractor from the farm and just taking the time to move it and put it in there and be able to hunt out of that because that gives me the cover I need, you know, and I can get in there. It's airtight and I can, I can push some winds I feel like. And I think that might, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but the only thing is, is I got to wait for things to freeze up because to, in order to get that blind in there, I've got to get permission from the neighbors to, to get, the tractor just go down their hedgerow it's just literally you know right in the wind or right in the the fence row you just got to be able to to go down there and put the blind right in the woods because it it butts up next to the neighbors so i got to get permission to do that and i would have to move it this winter when everything freezes up because crops will be going in obviously in the spring and then you'll never be able to get it done so i got i got to kind of move quick and figure out what i'm going to do yeah, and that, that's not a bad thing. I mean, you're going to do minimal impact to the ground, like when you're in the tractor and dragging that thing out there. But, you know, and it goes back to some of the stuff that Jake was talking about last week. Like, it's that winter that winter time, you know, what do I do kind of a thought process. Like, number one, everything looks the same as it does, you know, in November. You know, right now it looks the same way as it will in November next year. You're going to know, like, what's going to be in your way. You can cut shooting lanes now you know, for the most part, but, um, you're going to have probably the same winds, like those predominant winds are going to be out of the North, Northwest, Northeast, whatever right now. And you're going to get a pretty good idea of, of how it's going to lay out for you next year. So it's, yeah, for sure. And like you said too, I mean, what did you say? I was even last podcast. I think you said it when a one acre is literally a 70 yard by 70 yard piece of timber. Yep. So I've got a spot when I did some hinge cutting, um, it basically, the best way to describe it is if you go in, so the, the neighbors runs like a long 80 and it butts up to the timber, the one acre timber. So if you go inside the one acre timber, probably, I mean, 15 yards, there is like a wall of timber that I've hinge cut. So you, it's like a blocker. I can push that blind up on, you know, stilts that I have up against that. And I come in from the North 
and climbing that blind because all the deer on camera, I mean, I've got crazy amount of videos and pictures of deer in the last four years in this one acre, and they always come from the south. In the south, it'd be the south and the southeast. So they're always coming into me. Like, I know that. Like, hardly any deer come from the north because it's just wide open field. So I'm just trying to figure out ways I can get in there undetected and get in a stand where they can't see me and I can still. And with that with that blind being there with a bow, I mean, where all the deer hang out, like the epicenter of it, the middle of it, it's only a 25-yard shot from there. So that's what I, in a perfect world, that's what I want to do. But a lot of stars have to align for me to be able to do that. And that, that's something I was just visualizing as you were describing that. It's like, okay, if it's a, let's just say it's a perfect square. If it's a one acre square, that's, that's all four sides are 70 yards long. That means on any one of those sides, if you went halfway across, so 35 yards, that means you can shoot to both sides to your 90 degrees left and 90 degrees right. You can shoot yep. all the way across this thing. And if Everything. you put yourself yep. as the the center, you know, like those little compass deals that draw circles like with a pencil, if you put that yep. pointy part of that compass on your stand and you go to those corners and just pivot that all the way around from one side to the other, like your maximum effective range with your shots, like you're shooting more than half of that entire one acre. For sure. I mean, you just got to find the right tree to put it in, knowing how those deer are coming in there. And this is, yep. like, totally out of left field, but, like, okay, maybe there's not a tree in there. Go go dig a hole. <laughs> put a, right. you know, go cut some straight ash tree down, you know, like, just limit and plant that sucker and then just hang limbs off of it for the sake of putting a stand in there. Like, you need a, you need a tree? You need a stand in there? doesn't mean it's got to be alive. Go go find a telephone pole. Go cut a tree down and drop it into a hole. I thought about that. I thought about that it. too. Well, and you know, and there's trees that I can sit in there too, but they're just bare as all bare. And actually Jake, him and I talking off or off record, you know, when he, when he was up there helping me do the cutting, what he likes to do when he doesn't have cover in a tree is he goes and buys a fake Christmas tree. You know, yep. those fake... Um, the, the fake Christmas trees that people put in their yard or their house. Yeah. And they, they come in sections and he'll like cut those off and he'll hang them around him and makes cover, you know? Yeah, so that's guys, another option too. There's guys I filmed out here that, that do that. They just cut cedar limbs off and they'll, I mean, they literally screw them into the trees, like with three inch, like framing screws. <laughs> they'll take a, an impact gun in there and they'll just, they'll lag it right into the tree above and below their stand. And, it sucked yeah. for filming because they wouldn't care. This right. Is what I gotta do. This is what I got to do to kill the deer. I'm like, well, if you kill the deer, it's not on camera. It's irrelevant. Like, I need to be able to see. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's gonna camera take... guy arguments you have, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> people do that. I'm just yeah. telling you, it's not out of the norm. Yep. Well, and it's gonna take me just going back in there this winter and really taking a good look at all the trees and evaluating it. And I might even take sticks in and climb the trees, you know, just to get up a certain, certain distance and looking at everything and be like, I could get in here. What would I have to do? You know, and I'm trying to do it on a budget too. You know, I, Dude, I don't want to. I got wanna... the perfect idea. 
This is shoot. I, I anything. This is totally out of the realm of North American uh, tactics. <laughs> Dig a freaking pit blind in there. Like you got your food plot in there, or whatever you want, wherever you want to hunt. Dig a hole and put a box in there, just like they do in Africa. So, like when you're standing yep. up, you're at ground level. You're shooting, actually shooting up at the animal. Yep. You know what I mean? Like brush it in on the top, leave your window open to where it would be like shin height if you were standing in the plot and shoot out that way. I could definitely do that. The only thing is, is the root system in the timber might be difficult <laughs> Well, you to know, dig a hole. Technicality. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be definitely know. something I'm going to, I'm going to look into though. I think, honestly, I think the easiest thing is going to be getting the front end loader out there. And the blind is already on the corner of the one acre. So it's literally picking it up and moving it 50 yards, eh, 80 yards to the east and placing it in there and getting it anchored down. Like that's all it's going to take. But I have to do yeah. it this winter because it's going to be frozen where we can drive on the right. fields and not ruin anything. Yep. So we'll see. It's either that or I'm going to hang a millennium somewhere and try to figure out a way to create some cover. I mean, that's that's the next thing. Are they the blinds that you built this year, the ones you put on those those yep. wooden platforms? That yes. You yep. So I got the one I'm going to move in there is an octagon. Um, it's all green, uh, steel roof, and it's got bow windows. I can shoot uh, a bow out of all the windows, tinted windows, so you literally cannot see in it. It's beautiful. It's an awesome blind. Nice. I remember you sent me pictures of them when you were building them this summer. Yep. So we'll see. This has been a good one, man. I, I like this conversation. I hope hope listeners like it. It's hopefully we didn't lose like all six listeners we have. <laughs> oh, I think there's a few more than that. I think there is. We're creeping up on a milestone right now, though. We've yeah, uh, we are. We've there's there's something I haven't even told you. We got. A lot of downloads have come through in the last, what, year and a half. March will be two years. This podcast will be live. So it's crazy, but uh, a lot of downloads. And I, I I can't thank everybody listening out there enough. And hopefully we're bringing you some content that everybody likes. And, you know, Justin and I have been, you know, spitballing amongst ourselves about new guests that we can have on not only just like successful deer stories but out of the box thinking things and we've got some good ones coming up and i'm yeah there is i'm pumped about it so for sure man it's 2020 is gonna be a good year for the podcast and all around so i'm excited for everybody to to listen to all these new episodes and and uh i it's just gonna be fun I, i love doing this so Hopefully everybody can bear with us through this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I to bear through it is an understatement. It's I don't know. I feel like I don't do enough. You do so much to line up guests and like I I've brought some people in, but I don't know. We we've got some some really good guests coming up in the in the coming weeks that we both have brought up, but honestly dude, like I, I just said I'm going to try to focus on 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 quality hunts and here I am. I've got two on my plate that I'm trying to execute in the next four weeks, and I don't know how it's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> but well, you'll make it happen. That's you will, and you'll be successful at it. it doesn't matter 
what you do. It, it just matters how you want to measure success. I mean, you're going on a cat hunt. That's a for sure, right? You're going on a cat hunt. That is, it's not a hundred percent. It's like 90. It's, it's, we've talked about it, my buddy and I, and we're both kind of, he said, uh, he's like, I'm going to call you. He's like, I have time off in January and February. And he said, I'm going to call you and tell you the weather is perfect and you need to be here within 48 hours. I'm just praying to little eight pound, nine ounce baby Jesus that I do not get that call when I'm at one of the three trade shows I'm scheduled for between now (laughs) and February 16th. (laughs) Oh, you know, it'll happen though. (laughs) Oh, I know. And it's going to, we got ATA coming up this weekend in Indy. I'll be at that. And then I'm going all the way out to Seattle for one for five days um, at the end of January here. So I'm home for a week after ATA. Then I go to Seattle for a week. And then I've got a week and a half off. And then I go to uh, Portland, Oregon for another one. And then from Portland, I go straight to Salt Lake City to the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo. So I've got, I literally have two weeks in January that I can make the cat hunt happen. Yep. Uh, you'll make it happen. I, I don't know how it's going to work, but I, <laughs> like I said, eight pound, nine ounce, little baby Jesus, I'm praying. <laughs> well, speaking of ATA though, switching gears a little bit, you and I were talking about, hopefully you can get on the, you know, in between meetings that you're going to be having, get into some gear and, yes, you know, I want to do, uh, we both want to do a podcast afterwards explaining some gear that you test out and maybe it's a bow that you shot or some arrows that you found or something cool you know ata for everybody out there that doesn't know it's the archery trade association so a lot of a lot of new products in the archery world get launched at this show so i mean justin and i are talking about it we're in the industry and we haven't even heard the buzz of anything so no i mean there could be some big things going on or there might not be much so i'm excited the only thing i know that's new is all the bows that everyone else has already seen the vxr yep. the the rx or the, yeah yeah the vxr the rx4 uh all the the primes like everyone's seen the bows you know it's it's not old news but it's that's the only thing i've even caught wind of as far as new new products go but um well on to foreshadow that a little bit we're gonna have a guy on um from bowhunter planet here soon as well he, the Bowhunter Planet, they do like a battle royale of all the bows. They get all the yeah. bows in and they test them all out and get all the specs and everything. We're going to have him on sometime in the near future talking about all those bows. And I'm super pumped about that to pick his brain because they, they take these bows to the gauntlet. So I'm excited yeah. about that. But extra stuff, I mean, you're going to be able to play with all the toys down there. I'm not going to be able to be a ATA. The only show that I'm hitting this year is SCI and Reno. So, and I was hoping you were going to be there, but you're not nope. going to. So, our two of I'll our guys there. are going to be there, but I got they don't need me at that one. So, of course. <laughs> hey, that's fine. That that's one of my weeks open for the cat hunt, but I haven't even go. I haven't told you this yet, but I'm <laughs> I'm trying to work in a trip to Arizona. Like there's the southern Arizona, all that public land. It's archery only, over-the-counter deer tag, good for coos deer or mule deer. There's javelina, um, just a, a smorgasbord of, of game for archery out there on public land for a pretty cheap price. But uh, that's one of those things, like, I don't want to push it 
because then I'll get out there and the guy will call me from New Mexico and I'll just be like, well, shit, now i got to drive all the way up to New Mexico from Arizona. And, <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm I'm trying to weigh my options here. I'm, I'm not trying – like I said, I'm, I'm going to stop forcing things into – into existence and just whatever works works yep. so i don't know <laughs> i will tell you this though um as far as gear goes um it's something else i haven't told you i'm uh speaking of these like higher odds hunts i'm gonna try to do a little more gun hunting next year i'm gonna i'm gonna rely on the gun a little bit more than the bow i think you gonna get and the boom uh, stick out a little bit more i bought a new one. Oh, what'd you get I uh, I bought the man bun of rifles. <laughs> the man bun, <laughs> the yep. librarian of uh, rifles. <laughs> yep, I am part of the six five club. <laughs> oh man, I'm jealous. Casey just got a six five, I, and it I, is well, probably I the got, hold baddest on, hold gun on, I've hold seen. Hold on, time out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I went, I went with the uh, the big boy six five, the six five PRC. It's kind of the six five mag. If you will, it's uh, so you're like the guy that rolls up with an eight inch lift in his truck, offset tires, <laughs> has a small wiener, and just has to overcompensate for things. Well, only only one of those things is false. I'll let you and <laughs> listeners decide which one it is. But <laughs> I uh, I was like, you know what? It's I I love my 308, but it weighs about 14 pounds. Like I towed it on the bear hunt. You know, it's whatever. I've had that gun for like 15 years, and this is the first new rifle I've bought since then. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go big. You know, screw it, whatever. And it, it's it's hard to argue with the ballistics, all the numbers, and like all the buzz around a 6.5. And then Hornady chambered the 6.5 PRC last year for the first time, and I mean, it's it's effective out to a mile. Like at a at a mile range, it's got this the impact velocity of a nine millimeter at point blank. So it's, it's effective. Not that I will ever kill an animal at a mile away, but I was going to say, people I don't have take no vacations intention. that far. <laughs> no, no, I have no intention of that. And if, if that was the case, I would admit to all those things you just mentioned a second ago, but <laughs> that's not happening. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things like you, you buy it, you spend the money up front once. Like I got the gun on the way. I already have the scope. I got a brand new uh, a Zeiss V4 for it, so it's. Uh, my dad got me some some Brownells gift cards for Christmas, and um, I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna outfit myself with a, with a good rifle that's lightweight, packable, and dependable, and um, I'm just gonna it's gonna be my new my new go to gun. So do it up, man. I'm sorry. So tell me about Casey's six five. I didn't mean to. No, talk no, you it, down I, it's it's no, it's no big deal. It's it's a sweet looking gun though. It's it's those six five. He's got a six five Creedmoor, and man, they're just a bad little gun. They we shot some deer with them in Kansas this last gun season, and man, do they do some damage? And people will be able to see that on on Humanimal coming up here on the YouTube channel and on Sportsman Channel you know, Q3 and 4, so it's just a sweet gun, and they're hard to get a hold of, and when you can get a hold of them, they are pricey, so. Yeah, no, I know it's, but I went with, uh, I went with a Bergera Highlander, and uh, I, I don't have as much money tied up into my bow or anything, like, 
as I do in this gun. And I'm not going to say how much it is because I just feel like an idiot. But it's, <laughs> it's one of those things like you, you you get it and once it's built, it's done. And it's not like it's, you know, a house. It's not going to depreciate or your car. You know, it's it's going to last. So I, that's how I look at it. And Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't mean to justify spending stupid money, but I'm, I'm happy. Well, you don't have with kids it, so. yet, so just do it right now. You what? <laughs> I said you don't have kids yet, so just do it right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so whatever. The wife Good was deal, all man. for it. She was very supportive. She was there when I made the down payment, and she was like, "Hell yeah, get it. That's awesome." <laughs> like, That's all right. fun. That's fun that she's on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. It's. Anyway, it's been like an hour and a half, I guess, now, so. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's yeah. wrap it up. People are getting bored right now. They shut us off already. They didn't even Probably. hear this part, but hopefully the ones that are diehards are staying on. But I do want to wrap it up by saying uh, thank you to everybody out there supporting the Fall Podcast. And like I said, there's bigger and better things coming in 2020. We've got some awesome guests, some awesome content coming. I'm fired up about it. I, I you know, I'm excited. I can't wait for everybody to to hear it all and, you know, hopefully learn some things and get some laughs out of it and I'm super stoked about it. I know Justin is and I say it a lot, but if you could please, it goes a long way. If you go to iTunes or go to Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to this, hit the five-star rating, please. That would be great. I'm pleading, begging. Going to be on my <laughs> knees here in a minute. <laughs> hit the five-star rating and leave some feedback. There's a comment section right there. Just You could say, these guys suck if you want. I don't care. <laughs> or you could say three words like, I love they, you. I love you, or you can say four words or say they are badass. Like, I don't care. Just say whatever. I We both would appreciate it. It goes a long way, and um, I that's, I guess, all I got to say. But it's getting late. It is yep. January 4th. There's going to be a lot of people driving to Indianapolis here in the next three days, so hopefully you guys have stuck with it. And uh, if for some reason you recognize my ugly mug, flag me down, say hello, we'll – We'll catch up, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. If For sure, there, flag him down. He's bald. He'll have a hat on, <laughs> glasses, and he's got a he's got a big black beard. Skinny. Yeah, I'm like the I'm like the bald Abe Lincoln, the five yep. the five eleven bald Abe Lincoln. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Ask him that. Just say, go up to him, and say, Justin, I want to rub your head. That's all. Yeah, sure. <laughs> make it weird. Yeah, make it real weird. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's sign off here. Appreciate you doing this. We're on here right, BSing. Thanks, it's been way too long. Uh, get yeah. some sleep tonight. Wake up early morning, and let's grind. Keep hammering. Let's do it. I'm going to call you at 630. You're going to the gym. <laughs> I'm not going to the gym in the morning. Yeah, I knew it. I know. See, I'm accountability, leaving. I'm buddy. Leaving. You're already, I'm already failing. Accountability buddies. Yeah. And there it is. A little different conversation. I do know. Hopefully, everybody stayed along for the whole time. Um, appreciate it if you did. And I just want to reiterate, thank you for the support. 2020 is going to be epic for the podcast. We got a lot of cool guests coming on and some different topics than we've done in the past. So I'm pretty excited about it. It's all going to be whitetail related. So don't think we're just going to be doing off the wall topics. It's not going to be that whitetail and outdoor related. So I'm pretty pumped about it. Hopefully you are as well. Thank you for the support again. 
I'm signing off. Hopefully your 2020 is going to be awesome. Thanks, guys. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.